0: Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking today with Sean Henry, who's President of CrowdStrike Services and a former Executive Assistant Director with the FBI. Thank you for joining us, Sean. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. So you've spoken much about information sharing and some of the stumbling blocks. Are organizations and governments getting more sophisticated in terms of sharing tactical information quickly?
1: So when you say information sharing, I actually like the term intelligence sharing, um, really enabling organizations to share key indicators that allow them to get better visibility into who the adversaries are so that they can actually take proactive measures to detect and prevent the adversaries in in their network. I, I think while people have used the term quite liberally, I think that it's still a challenge to share for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think that organizations sometimes don't necessarily have full confidence in um, in who partners may be or um, or there may be restrictions on what's able to be shared. There's this lack of trust sometimes. We at CrowdStrike collect intelligence and share it with our with our customers, but I think that that has to happen more broadly across the entire ecosystem and in a much more automated fashion. The ability to share the indicators of compromise at the speed of the network rather than people picking up the phone and calling friends or sharing it on a listserv through an email, that just doesn't scale very well. So um, you know, the ability that we've got to share with our, our customers, I think people have to take that to the next level and, and allow them to share um, much more expeditiously because the adversaries are quick and if we don't allow for that um, speedy sharing of effective intelligence, we will fall behind the curve.
0: Absolutely, and what do you think co- uh, organizations need to overcome to get that confidence to be able to enable, those, enable the systems to share the data faster?
1: I, I'd, I'd like to see better sharing with other agencies that can take certain actions against the adversaries. I think that if people know what it is that needs to be shared, how it will be used, and then what they can expect to get back. I think just defining three key parameters such as that will allow people to have greater confidence in the system. Oftentimes I, I just I hear the phrase we need to have better information sharing or we need to have a better public-private partnership, but there often aren't parameters built around that. And I think if we can if we can set up the infrastructure and we can set up the proper framework, what is it you want to see specifically? Is it IP addresses? Is it IOCs, is it malware hashes? What specifically do you want to see? What are you going to do when you get it? And what can I expect back? Just as simple as that, I think would help to to move the ball down the field and allow people to be more comfortable. In, in what they're willing to provide.
0: Mm-hmm. And as far as the attack landscape today, I'm still struck at the number of intrusions that are attributed to phishing and phishing just sort of a single user's credentials rather than a software vulnerability or like a zero day exploit or something more exotic. What's the sort of state of identity and access management and are phishing defenses improving at all? You
1: know, I think I think adversaries use phishing because it works. They, they will oftentimes use the lowest level of capability to gain access that will allow them access and only will they bring in zero days or other more sophisticated techniques if they're being identified and or blocked at the lower level uh, so they're using phishing because phishing is available and it works it's effective and uh, when you think about some of the environments uh, that that I see that I've been involved in environments in the multiple hundreds of thousands of endpoints any one of which is a potential ingress into the environment. All you have to do is gain access in one place um, so that you can then move laterally throughout the environment. It's one of the reasons I talk all the time about detecting these types of activities because if you can detect the fishing attempt quickly, you can mitigate the consequences of that attack.
0: And here in Australia, we've seen some pretty uh, deep intrusions into parliament and Australian National University, and there appear to be indications that those were nation-state attacks. Why are we failing to defend against those?
1: You know, nation-states have the most sophisticated capabilities. They have virtually unlimited resources and Um, Their infrastructure is built specifically to allow them to gain access to the most hardened targets. These people are trained professionals. They work 24 by 7 to gain access. Their mission is to collect intelligence, whether it be for economic espionage, pure political espionage, theft of intellectual property, or increasingly destructive attacks where they they can reach out and have a significant impact on an environment that provides them offensive capability. They recognize the value in gaining the upper hand on the infrastructure, and they put a lot of effort into, uh, into their system. Uh, that's the reason it, it's mo- most difficult to detect and prevent those types of attacks because they have incredible capabilities. Um, we've we've found in our organization that we need to focus on those adversaries to use good intelligence to identify their tactics and techniques to provide us a great understanding of their capabilities so that we can more readily detect them, regardless of the, of the tools or the weapons that they bring into the environment. If we're looking at their actual behaviors, not necessarily just the signatures of their attack, it allows us to identify things like zero days and the new techniques that they oftentimes bring in when they find themselves in a hardened environment.
0: And we recently saw the uh, U.S. Department of Homeland Security warn about wiper attacks uh, related to what's going on between the U.S. and Iran. Is there a certain amount of consternation among enterprises that such an attack could be executed against them?
1: I I think there has been those attacks. We've seen wiper attacks uh, deployed by three different nation states. In the U.S., we've seen companies, independent commercial entities, that have had significant impact on their environments through destructive attacks. And I think that that is the the next generation or the newest generation. I mean, it's already here. It's not it's not uh, proposed. It is actually occurring. And when you think about the impact in an environment, the uh, the actual fallout from a destructive attack can be catastrophic. Organizations need to be much better prepared to withstand those those types of assaults. It requires them to have the right technology to detect the attacks. They also need to have backups of their systems. They need to have a continuity of operations plan. They need to have a strategy of how to respond. They need to be able to um, exercise in their environment, to, to do testing and to do training and be prepared. Much of the way we, we do for fire drills or when I was a kid, air raid attacks um, many years ago, uh, you've got to prepare for what is Possible and in many cases likely to happen and the only way for you to to sustain that is to be well uh, versed in what your response is going to be and to be proactive on the front side to help detect it and prevent it.
0: Lastly, I wanted to talk to you about supply chain attacks, and there's been a lot of worry about this um, you know, at the telecoms level in the 5G space, and there's also a lot of worry about it just simply because of the way software is made. What is sort of the advice that CrowdStrike is giving its clients in regards to supply chain?
1: I, I think it's important to understand who your vendors are. Uh, we've seen companies in the U.S. that are contractually, they are... Um, writing into their contracts the ability to assess the uh, security protocols that their trusted advisors and and uh, uh, partners are using. Um, I think it's just important to recognize and have an awareness as to what you're doing, who you're connecting with. We've done a lot of assessments of companies in advance of an acquisition they're going to do. So it's kind of a, a derivative of supply chain. You go and you acquire a a new company, you bring them into your organization in a, through the a M&A process, and they're actually proactively doing an evaluation, the actual assessment of that entire network before they consummate the deal, part of the due diligence process. So I think that, that that's a, a best practice to ensure that when you're connecting networks together, when you're sharing um, information, intelligence back and forth, you're sharing a digital footprint, if you will, that you've got a full evaluation, a full assessment, and that you're monitoring that on a regular basis to ensure that those that you're sharing your most sensitive data with uh, are readily secured and able to withstand some of these attacks that we've seen.
0: And as far as uh, you know, buying software and services, is, is there just a certain amount that's just really going to be out of enterprises control? Like you're just going to have to trust someone?
1: You know, when you talk about the supply chain, essentially what you're saying is every single organization, every entity that you touch has to be pristine. If you, in an ideal world, that would be perfect, right? You've got your network and then you've got everybody else that you touch. I know companies that have hundreds of vendors. Um, I think at the end of the day, while you want to prevent, be aware of a supply chain attack, you want to prevent where you can, you want to do evaluations where you can. Um, that's all important in terms of holding the bar, but, Ultimately, you've got, to, you've got to ensure that your environment is protected, that you've got detection capability in your environment proper. If you do an acquisition, somebody becomes part of your environment, then you extend your capabilities within that new um, part of your network and that you're constantly monitoring 24 by seven, you're hunting in the environment, looking for indicators of an adversary attack. attack. That, that, that's all you can hope for. Uh, the adversaries are incredibly capable, they're resilient, uh, they're innovative, and they are going to find a way to get to your environment. You've got to be able to detect it, and if you detect it, you can mitigate the consequences of the attack.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, Sean.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Glad to be here with you. Really appreciate it.
0: I've been speaking with Sean Henry, president of CrowdStrike Services. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.